Good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California NBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. Dustin Hobbs, Communications Director here at the California NBA. And it's September, it's a new month, and we are changing topics this month. We're uh, shifting to discuss uh, some of the hot topics and uh, insights with some of the leaders in the commercial and multifamily side of the business. Last month in August, we talked to a lot of residential lenders. This month, we're going to focus on the commercial side of the business. And that's sort of leading up into our uh, Western States CREP conference, which if you're listening to this on Monday, the CREP conference is starting in just two days on Wednesday, September 8th in Las Vegas at the Aria Resort and Casino. So if you're not uh, if you're not registered, there's still a chance to do that, where you can actually just show up at the uh, conference and register on site. But we'd love to have you there. It's going to be a fantastic event, our first in-person uh, CREP conference in uh, two years. So I think everyone is uh, really excited and looking forward to it. We've got a great uh, guest today. We're going to jump into the conversation with him here in just a minute. But before we do that, let's thank our sponsors over at Incelerate. So Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. The industry's most innovative customer experience platform delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence, all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Accelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey, whether that be with your borrowers, your referral partners, or any other part of the transaction. The dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your existing tech stack, whether that's phone integration, POS, LOS, servicing, or data enrichment, due to the advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. So gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems, having them siloed, uh, and like your CRM, your marketing automation, lead management, and having that data trapped in there in those silos. The innovative platform at Accelerate allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. So bottom line, close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, and transform your customer acquisition lifecycle and create customers for life. So for more information, visit Incelerate.com, or you can call the number listed in the description below. Now let's jump into the conversation. Excited to welcome in a, uh, an old friend of the association, uh, Dan Friedberg. Dan is the CEO of Slack Capital uh, in the uh, Bay Area. Slack Capital is, uh, I want to say, maybe perhaps the longest uh, tenured California MBA member and uh, um, has been a big supporter of the association and the industry for a number of years. And so I'm excited to welcome in Dan. Dan, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Dustin, for having me on. And uh, we appreciate everything that the CMBA does for us. And uh, we are proud to be celebrating our 50th anniversary this year. Yeah, yeah. I want to get to that here in just a second. But, but let's start with your with your background. Um, you know, how did you get started in the business? For those that don't know you, how did you, uh, uh, you know, arrive uh, where you're at there at uh, SLAT? So I graduated in um, the early 90s with a Bachelor of Arts degree from the University of California at Davis. Um, and pretty much knew I wanted to get into some facet of sales. I really didn't know what facet and wound up having a couple of different jobs outside of the um, commercial real estate business. And um, at that time, I was dating my wife and my future father-in-law was a mentor of mine. And what he wound up directing me to a regional um, sales and brokerage company that I wound up working for for a couple of years and really honed in my sales skills. And then he recruited me over to uh, what was Barry Slat Mortgage at the time. We've since changed the name of the company. It's the same company to Slat Capital. 
Um, and I had the good fortune of working with my father-in-law from 1994 until he passed away in 2004. And um, I was the number two person in a small company, but really my focus was sales. And it still is. Um, I'm the CEO of the company. Um, but we're very fortunate to have a, a very strong COO who handles our operations. And, um, you know, I oversee the whole company, but I'm very strong in sales training, sales support, and, and uh, running my own sales team. Right on. Well, that certainly is a, a unique story that uh, I don't think too many other too many other people in the industry can uh, and can claim that sort of a, a, a really, you know, a really warm story there. So thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Uh, uh, Dan. So, uh, question there. You, you mentioned Barry, and uh, and you mentioned the company. So, I mean, obviously, Slat is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and that's you know that's certainly a long time for any company, um, and especially a company that has remained, you know, as you said, still the, still the same company that uh, it's been this this whole time here. Just you know, a little name change. Um, but uh, tell us, how did the company get started? What's sort of the the maybe some of the highlights of the company's history, and and maybe the secret sauce that's kept you guys in business and and uh, through the, all the market ups and downs over the years. Um, so just a, a quick thumbnail on the company history. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the company was founded in 1971 by my father-in-law, Barry Slatt, and a partner, uh, Terry O'Mahony. Um, you know, fast forward, they were literally looking uh, to get into the correspondent lending business, and they would spend time in the halls of conferences like the upcoming Western State Conference, looking for insurance company lenders to talk to and represent. In 1973, they got their first correspondent, which was uh, what uh, is now called One America. It's um, AUL, American United Life, is what it was called then. Uh, and Standard Insurance Company, which is now, uh, now called B Standard, which owns their mortgage subsidiary, Stancorp Mortgage Investor, was our second correspondent in 1973. Um, fast forward to today, we have seven offices. I think we have 53 employees now, um, about 20 different correspondent lenders, a $4.6 billion servicing portfolio with approximately 1,200 loans. And we're on pace to do probably a billion, six billion, seven in business. And I, I was fortunate enough to be in a position that when he passed away, I started running the company and uh, wound up acquiring it from uh, my in-laws estate at that time. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it really is a, an amazing story. And and uh, just you know, I've been at the association for 16 plus years now, and you know, almost everyone that I've spoken to on the commercial side of the business, you know, still will reference uh, Barry and uh, the impact that he had on their careers, their lives, and uh, the association. And uh, so if, if you can, you know, maybe explain just, you know, and, and delve into, you know, how does Barry's uh, uh, legacy still live on in the company and the industry? It, it really is a fascinating thing for those that don't know him or didn't get a chance to, uh, to know him very well. So like I said, he passed away in 2004, but the good news is we have a lot of longstanding employees uh, at the company. Um, and the company was really built on trust, uh, relationship building, integrity, those those are some of the tenements that he really drilled into a lot of us who started in the business with him. Um, and we, we drill that into all of our new people. Uh, it's something that when we're training people, we, we, we strongly educate them on the history of the company. And we are very proud of, of those tenements of the company uh, and where our company came from and 
where we are now and where we plan to go. Um, and so the, the culture that he started is instilled within all of our offices at the company, and it's it's a big deal here. Yeah, well, it certainly says something about him and about you and, and the executives that have been there so long that that culture has really, you know, uh, maintained and uh, and made an impact. And you've got, you know, your employees that you mentioned that have stayed there for so long. I think that certainly says a lot about you guys there. Yeah. Um, so uh, switching gears a little bit here, what uh, just looking at the at the market as, as it stands right now, what are maybe some you know some products or local markets that are that are hot right now? So we actually <clears throat> we're actually active in making loans really throughout the country, but we have seven offices that are pretty strategically located throughout the state: three in Southern California and four here in Northern California. Five of the seven offices are located in coastal communities um, that are really infill locations, San Diego, Newport Beach, West Los Angeles, um, San Francisco. Uh, those, are, those are really our, uh, and Walnut Creek, those are really super infill areas that even during bad times uh, have been healthy historically. So we're pretty fortunate to have that as our footprint. Um, also in California, there are a lot of investors that buy stuff all over the country. So uh, we follow, we tend to follow our customers with where they're with where they are investing. Um, probably about 70% of the business that we do is still in the state of California, and 30% is out of California. But that 30% is really sprinkled all over the country. And um, like I said, we're just fortunate to be in in good, strong coastal communities and uh, have a, have a long-standing following. Gotcha. So, I mean, looking ahead, what, uh, you know, from your perspective, what's the outlook for the market here over the next, you know, year or two? So, interest rates have been, as as I think everybody knows, interest rates have been historically low, really, for the past couple of years. And I, I think in the next short run, the next one to two years, they're going to remain low. That has really helped support the mortgage banking business nationally. Um, our business is up probably 60, 70% from last year. And last year we actually had a decent year. Um, and I, I'm actually very bullish on uh, the future of the business and our company in particular. Um, interest rates being low, the Fed's continuing to buoy the economy with, with their purchase, uh, with their bond purchase program um, and, and uh, vowing to keep interest rates low. Um, it's all, it's all, you know, fuel for the fire, so to speak. Right, right. Um, well, you sort of, uh, you know, uh, maybe shifting gears a bit here again. Um, I'm curious, you guys have always put a high value on servicing. And, you know, looking back at the last couple of years, I mean, it's certainly been a challenging time to say the least. What has been the key for you guys during the, the pandemic and the, uh, you know, short recession we had and the recovery and, eviction moratoriums, all that uh, um, uh, all that challenge and headwinds that you guys face, what was the uh, key to success? So the, the servicing is a strong component of, of what I would say adds to our success. We, be we believe strongly in what we call the life of loan service. So we don't just help people get loans. Uh, we, we really take it from, from the start of the position where people are planning on what type of loans they want until the loan payoff. Um, and we really pitch that hard. We will broker loans if somebody wants a loan from a lender that we don't service for. Uh, and about half of our business is placed with loans 
on loans with lenders that we don't service loans for, but a large portion of our clients want us to stay involved after the loan closes for, you know, helping them with um, anything from estate planning to transfers to assumptions to just calling us up and asking us how the market is and what we should be looking at or can they refinance or what is their prepayment situation. Um, we are we are really in it for the long term. Um, like I said, 50 years in the business is a long time. I'm in it. I'm in it for the long run. Um, I'm 51 years old and don't really plan on uh, going anywhere anytime in the foreseeable future. So um, the cust our customers tend to have a long term following, and they know they're going to be taken care of for the life of the loan. Yeah, yeah, that it really is. Again, I think that it speaks to the values and the culture you guys have at the company there. Um, so let's talk about uh, technology for for a minute here. Uh, I'm curious uh, on the residential side. Obviously, this is a you know top of mind uh, topic throughout the industry. The last couple of years, there's been a, a huge uh, surge in the use and adoption of technology. We haven't really addressed it here on the podcast on the commercial side specifically. So I'm curious, what has has there been a uh, an increase uh, use in technology, has that changed the business or is it still really a people business or is it kind of both? And maybe how has that uh, uh, the increased use of technology changed the you know experience for the investor or the borrower? So it's a, it's a big, it's a big item of focus in our company. So we have um, within our company, we have a group that we are, we call our G2 future leaders group. And we meet with them once a month. And it's a focus group of younger people within our organization that we consider leaders in our or future leader leaders and future leaders in our organization. And they help guide us on a lot of things. And one of the one of the items that came up about two years ago, right before the pandemic, is that we need to continue being a tech forward company. So we we spend a lot of money, time, energy, and focus on technology. The commercial business is really probably about 10 years behind the residential business and technology, but um, we have put a lot of emphasis on, um, we, have a, we have a Salesforce database um, that I believe is second to none for middle market companies like ours um, with, with lender information and deal comps and things like that. Our servicing group, uh, we spend a lot of time, energy, and money on uh, upgrading our technology, not just every year. We literally look at it every month or two, um, and um, it, it's a big focus for our company. And really, it should be for any company that going forward because it's a big part of our business, and it's going to be a big part of our business. It touches everything from origination to servicing to marketing to literally um, answering the phones. It's, it, it touches every piece of our business and it's super important for us. Do you see, I mean, I'm curious as a follow-up on this, on the residential side, it, there, it's been driven a lot by the increased use in technology and sort of the innovative focus has been driven a lot by uh, customer, customer demand and consumer expectations. Is that sort of the same uh, issue on the commercial side or you guys feel like you're a bit of ahead of uh, uh, expectations from the borrowers? Um, I wouldn't say we're ahead, and I don't know if any company could ever be ahead of expectations. I mean, one thing that that for us is our headquarters are here in Burlingame, California, which is right in the middle of Silicon Valley, and we feel like, hey, we're headquartered in Silicon Valley. We need to be tech forward 
Um, it's also really important in recruiting uh, strong younger originators that want uh, to be tech forward in their origination platform. It's important in lender reporting. Um, it helps us be much more efficient in our reporting and analysis of you know, financial information for borrowers. Um, like I said, it touches everything from how we answer the phone to our, you know, our own production databases to how we are reporting to lenders. It's, it's, it's really um, runs through the veins of our entire company. And I, I believe that it, it, it should be for any company that, that wants to be in the business long term, they should be spending a lot of their focus right now on technology because the, one, the companies that don't will wind up behind the curve. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, so we got just a, a minute or so left here, um, and uh, I'm curious, you guys, I mean, from the you know the time that uh, Barry was involved in the association, he was chair uh, in the early 90s at uh, one point and helped you know, build and establish the uh, Western States Prep Conference. From, I mean, that time to where, you know, you've uh, run the company and, and uh, kept the support with the association. I'm curious, I mean, you guys have always been focused on the advocacy uh, portion of the association's work. And, and so why, if you're speaking to a, uh, a fellow member or a company that's not yet a member of the California NBA, what would be your pitch on why it's important for companies like SLAT to support the advocacy work of groups like the California NBA or even the national NBA? So the, ad, the advocacy that the CNBA does and the, the national MBA does is super important to us. Um, it's really all we have as an industry to advocate for us as an industry. And most companies, like our company is a middle-sized company, does not have the bandwidth to act to be, you know, we don't have advocates for ourselves. So we would rather put energy and help support financially the CNBA and MBA. I remember a, a story that my father-in-law told me. He's a past president of the CNBA that in the early in the early 80s, interest rates were near 20%, and California had a usury law where they actually couldn't make loans anymore because rates were so high. And thanks to the support of the MBA and CNBA, they were able to advocate for the state to change the usury law and actually be able to make loans in the state of California again. Those People forget about those types of things, tax law, um, pol uh, governmental policy, things like that, that can be suppressive to the loan business. So it's really important to support your CMBA and, um, and MBA so that you do get that level of advocacy. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And that's a great point. And even the, yeah, the uh, usury uh, issue back in the 80s, you're right, that was a huge, huge battle that uh, I think uh, certainly worked out in favor of uh, consumers and, and uh, businesses throughout the state. So Dan, it was great to uh, great to see you again. Uh, thanks for joining the program and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll see you here in a few days at the uh, Western States Craft Conference. I'll look forward to it. Thanks for having me on, Dustin. Thank you. Absolutely. And if you enjoyed the conversation, make sure and subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you podcast. And until next Thank time, you. we'll see you next week. Yeah.